Our scripture this morning comes to us from Luke's Gospel, the first chapter, verses 26 through 38. Uh, If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 1, or as always, it's printed on the cover of your bulletin. As you're able, if you would, please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, to the house of, da- of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I am a virgin. The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who is said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Let us pray. Now, dear Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Anybody ever watch I Love Lucy? One of the first really great TV shows, right, was I Love Lucy. Lucille Ball played uh, Lucy Ricardo, always doing things that seemed to disrupt the lives of her husband and her friends. One thing you could say about Lucy was she was never short of ideas. They were not necessarily good ideas, but she was never short on ideas. In one episode, she had had an idea for something and it went awry as it usually did. And so wanting to fix it, the light bulb went on again. And she looked at her friend, Ethel Mertz, and said, I've got an idea. To which Ethel replied, how can you stand here in the middle of all this mess and utter those four horrible words, I've got an idea. Those words, when Lucy spoke them, struck fear into the hearts of her husband and her friends. There are some words that will do that, right? Some words that on first hearing really just take your breath away, make you afraid. You get the phone call that says, I'm okay, and it's only a small dent, right? That's fear. I know this looks expensive, but I got a good deal. That's fear. I invited a couple of friends over at the last minute. I hope you don't mind. 
That's fear. I know it's Christmas Eve, but could you run to the store real quick and get me one more thing? That's fear. A friend of mine says the most frightening words he's ever heard are from his wife when she says, I know what the grandchildren want for Christmas. Because at that point, he says, we will not stop. We will not rest. We will not sleep until we have found what the grandchildren want for Christmas. He swears that the year those Wii Fitness things came out, you remember those? That they followed a delivery truck to 16 Walmarts in three different states <laughs> so that they could buy the grandchildren a Wii Fitness game. There are certain things that the first time you hear them just frighten us. It was true in our scripture this morning. Did you hear it? Mary, young girl, we talked a couple of weeks ago, probably as young as 13, 14, maybe, is pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Her whole life is ahead of her. She's in Nazareth, her hometown. Nazareth is southwest of the Sea of Galilee. Today, there's a church on the site where this scripture took place called the Church of the Annunciation, where the angel made his announcement to Mary. So she's in Nazareth making wedding plans, going to bridal showers. Life is good. And then an angel appears to her. And the angel Gabriel says, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Now on the surface, to us, that sounds good, doesn't it? Wouldn't you think it's good news that you're favored and the Lord is with you? Wouldn't you think Mary might have said, Wow, this really is the best time of my life. Not only am I favored by my family and friends, but I'm favored by the Holy God. And the Lord is with me. What a great day this is. But that's not how she reacts, is it? What it says in the NRSV is, Mary was perplexed at these words and pondered what their meaning might be. The word in the Greek literally means greatly disturbed or alarmed or frightened. Now, the angel hasn't even gotten to the good part yet, right? He hasn't even told her she's about to have a baby. She hasn't heard yet. All the angel has said is, howdy. And Mary is afraid. There are some words that just strike fear in our hearts. We all have them. The first time we hear them, it throws us off balance. It upsets the apple cart. We're not sure where they're going. They scare us. I read a story not too long ago about a woman who was getting ready to receive the family for the holidays. A lot of us are in that place right now, right? Getting those last minute things done. A lot of the kids were coming home. She had towels laid out, sheets on the guest room beds, uh, everything ready, presents bought, wrapped under the tree. Dinner was cooking because they were all arriving at mealtime. The table was set. Everything was ready, she thought. She looked at her watch and thought, I got a few minutes. Let me take a deep breath and sit down. And that's when the phone rang. Her youngest son. Hello? Mom, I'm on my way. Great. When will you be here? Be there in about 30 minutes. Great. We can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you and dad either. By the way, Karen is really looking forward to meeting you. Karen? Son, who's Karen? Did I not tell you that I invited Karen to come with me? I thought I did that. Well, no, I think I'd remember, son, if you told me that you invited somebody, you know, 
who is Karen? Well, we've been out a couple of times. Her family lives on the opposite side of the country. She couldn't afford the plane ticket home. She was going to be all by herself. So I told her, my mom wouldn't want you to be all by yourself for Christmas. She would insist that you come home and spend the holidays with us. Mom, she can't wait to meet you. You're the best. Love you, Mom. See you in half an hour. Even though the call was disconnected, the phone was still in her ear. And she's still going, Karen, where's Karen going to stay? Karen doesn't have a gift. There's not a place set for Karen. And she goes into panic mode. One little phrase. Karen can't wait to meet you. Sometimes, the first time we hear something, it just strikes fear in our hearts. If you don't believe me, pick up the paper. Cut on the news. There are all kinds of things that will scare you. Interestingly enough, I was reading the Upper Room devotional yesterday. And let me read you the first two sentences. A fellow named Gerald Bauer from Ohio wrote this. Now understand, these things are written and submitted well more than a year in advance. So I don't know when he wrote this, but it's been a while. This is how his devotion started yesterday. News of chaos in communities around the world tempts me to live in fear. Threats of violent attacks, natural disasters, war, disease, famine, and financial crises alarm me. I don't know when he wrote that, but I know he could have written it this morning. Have you seen what's going on in Syria? It's frightening. Have you watched the divisions in our country? The things people say to and about one another? It's disconcerting. I'll tell you what, if I had a family member who was in law enforcement in the state of Georgia this week, I'd be afraid. It's been a tragic week for law enforcement officers in our state. There are all kinds of things that want to make us afraid. The angel said to Mary, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. That set her on edge. She was afraid. But he wasn't done. There was more news to come. He says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And then he tells her, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. By the way, now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now, if she was afraid to start with, you would think her teeth were chattering by now, wouldn't you? You would think she'd be ready to run by now. But she doesn't. Instead, she just asks one question. How can this be, since I am a virgin? And Gabriel answers her question. And she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to your word. Somehow, in the midst of all of this, Mary finds peace. Mary finds calm. The first word shook her up. But the final word gave her peace. That's why it's important to never react just to the first word. right? It's always important to wait for the end. Uh, I learned this, I remember, years ago. The second summer I worked as a counselor at Camp Glisten. Now a lot of you know Camp Glisten, a Methodist camp in Dahlonega, Georgia. 
They do great work all year long, but their bread and butter is summer camp. They've been doing that now for more than 90 years. I was a counselor there the summers I was 17 and 18. You cannot do that now. Now you cannot be a counselor until you've completed your freshman year of college, by which most people are 19. Fortunately, when I wanted to work there, the standards were considerably lower, and they let me work there. So my second summer, I'm 18 years old, that was the first summer that they housed Camp Sparrowwood. Now, Camp Sparrowwood is also a Methodist camp for people with developmental disabilities. Our oldest daughter, as a matter of fact, summer before last, was the director of Camp Sparrowwood. So we've stayed connected with it all these years. But that was the very first time Camp Sparrowwood was, ho- was housed in Dahlonega at Camp Glisten. So we're approaching the first week of summer camp. Uh, we're all together, the Glisten staff and the Sparrowwood staff, and they make an announcement. Sparrowwood is short two guys. They need two guys as counselors. Would anybody volunteer? Well, it was quiet. Finally, I looked at a buddy, caught his eye. I shrugged, he shrugged. I raised my hand and said, if you need us, we'll go wherever you need us. You just tell us what you need us to do. So that's how I became a Sparrowwood counselor that first week of summer camp. After that meeting broke up, they said, now tonight we'll get together and see who gets what camper. Is that okay? And we looked at each other and said, well, we can. As Glisten staff, this was our only night off. We're going to go, go into town and catch a movie. And they said, you go ahead. We'll take care of you. Now, those words should have struck fear in my heart. We'll take care of you. But, but I wasn't quite smart enough to figure that out. So I went to, went to the movie, came back, and I said, y'all get everything taken care of. They said, oh, yeah, you got Daniel. Well, tell me a little bit about Daniel. Daniel is 15, 16 years old, almost my age. They said, we always fight to see who gets Daniel. Again, those words should have struck fear in my heart. But I assume they meant, we all want Daniel. I wasn't smart enough to realize what they were trying to tell me. So then I said, all right, what do I need to know to work at Sparrowwood? And they gave me just a few minutes overview. Again, in defense of Sparrowwood, the standards today are much higher. Uh, These days... They are very well trained. They take training very seriously now. Uh, But back in the dark ages, not as much. So they just kind of said, gave me a couple of words of of wisdom. And then they said, you're ready. Now you're going to notice a pattern here. But again, that should have scared me. But but it didn't. So the next morning, campers arrive. Sparrowwood campers arrive. I'm excited. I said, which one is Daniel? And they pointed at a kid. Uh, His mother was signing him in. So I walked over. I was going to tap him on the shoulder. And introduced myself. I got behind him. I tapped him on the shoulder. And he came around as quick as anybody had ever seen. With a fist clenched. Taking a swing at me. I barely got out of the way. In the meantime, his mother, standing there. Who was a reasonably good sized soul. Witnessed the whole thing. She grabbed her son. Picked him up. Dropped to the ground on one knee like a pro wrestler. Shook the foundations of the camp. Pinned him to the ground and said, I have told you to stop doing that to people. At that point, I started to be concerned. (laughs) And I looked at my fellow counselors, and one of them said, there are some things we should have told you about Daniel. Really? (laughs) And finally, I wasn't real bright, but finally, those words struck fear in my heart. There are some things we should have told you about Daniel. That shook me up. For Ethel, it was Lucy saying, I've got an idea. For Mary... 
It was the angel Gabriel saying, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Sometimes the first word we hear can rock our foundation. But it's important to hear the whole story. Because as I was ready to run for the hills, a buddy of mine grabbed me by both shoulders. And he looked me in the eye and he said, remember this. You need to see Jesus in Daniel. And I'm looking at Daniel on the ground pinned by his mama going, really? And then he says to me, and more important than that, Daniel needs to be able to see Jesus in you. And I was trying to come up with a reason why I didn't really need to do that. And before I could answer, he said, and I know Jesus is in you. And I'm like, well, darn, what do you say to that? You know? He said, you've got this. Because I know Jesus is in you. And it took me a while to realize, kind of what he's saying to me is, do not be afraid, for the Lord is with you. Now, no, that's not an Advent story, and that's not a Christmas story. But what I also know is the truths we hear during the Advent season and the Christmas season are true for us all year long. The angel Gabriel said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. At the first word, Mary was concerned. But the angel was not through. The angel went on to say, Do not be afraid. You're going to have a child and you're going to call his name Jesus. Do not be afraid. The Lord is with you. He will be Emmanuel, God with us. Do not be afraid. The Lord is with you. Not just while you're carrying him, but throughout all of your life. The Lord will be with you, Mary. Words spoken to Mary and to you and to me. So for Mary, the first word struck fear in her heart, but the final word gave her a sense of peace. I tell you what, and this may sound strange, but what helps me understand Luke chapter 1 is John chapter 1. Unlike Luke and Matthew, John doesn't really give us a Christmas story. He kind of dives right in. You remember how John's gospel starts? In the beginning was the, the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he goes on to say, the word, how John described Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. The word becoming flesh, we call that the incarnation. When God in Christ spoke the incarnation, God in Christ spoke not the first word, the final word. The word that tells us, do not be afraid. Word that tells us, my peace is with you. Do you remember what Mary said, her last response? I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to your word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we call him Emmanuel. God with us. And in him, we have hope. And in him, we have peace. And in him, we have joy. And in him, we have love. Let us pray. Gracious God, 
continue to speak the word to us. Your ultimate word. The word that became flesh and blood. The word that promises to be with us always. At Christmas, Lord, we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. After the resurrection, Jesus promised, I will be with you always. From this point, forever. You're with us in Christ. Our final word. Thank you, dear Lord. Amen.